My wife and I, we get to go south into the blazing heat of Texas. So you all have pity on us. Now, in the earlier message, I had a lifesaver up front here, and when I pointed to it, nobody could see it. And they thought I was pointing over there, or pointing at that person, or pointing. So, please put your hands up if you cannot see the mirror. Good. All right. Hands up if you have rejoiced a lot at this Feast of Tabernacles. Excellent. Excellent. All right, I give you all an A plus, 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 plus for that. And <coughs> you've heard this before, but it needs to be said often. My wife Thalia and I want to thank every single last one of you for serving each other here. And just because you were here, you were serving others. So thank you very much. All right, hands up if you expect to rejoice all day long, every day, until next Feast of Tabernacles. <laughs> I knew she would put her hands up. I knew that. Okay. There's a bunch of realists here, and then there's a bunch of people who are going to make it happen. Right? And that is great. But we are going back into the world, and it's not a happy place. God has given us this rejoicing Bible school experience here at the last eight days to prepare us for the days ahead. And we, how many of you think we need to be prepared for the days ahead? Yeah, we are cruising into turbulent waters. Okay, today is about Second Resurrection, Judgment Day. Some of you are very quick and you have two of them, you have recognized the fact that when one looks into the, ah, <coughs> when one looks into a mirror, they are doing it so they can judge, right? Does anybody look into the mirror for any other reason than judging? No. Okay, good. All right, we're all clear on that. That's good. All right. So, <coughs> Hands up if you have a loved one or loved ones that you are eager to see rise in the second resurrection. Boy, I tell you, I cannot wait to see. I, I have to wait. You know, I have to wait a thousand years. But, but I am eager to see some people. And uh, that is, that is going to be very joyous. I don't think it's going to be as joyous as the first resurrection. I think Jesus has got a major problem on his hands when we all meet in the clouds. It's like, hush everybody, we've got work to do. Did you all hear me? Hush everybody! Did, and then, you know, maybe this is the seven thunders. <laughs> you will listen up and you will that we are going to Jerusalem now. Yeah. Okay, Revelation 20 verse 4. And I saw thrones the kind of thrones that kings sit on, mind you, the thrones that kings and priests sit on, and they sat on them. And what happened next? And judgment was committed to them. So the kings and priests are going to be given judgment over people. Right? Down later in that verse, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So there's going to be judgment activity for the kings and priests, that's you all, and many others like you throughout the last 2,000 years and spread all around the planet Earth doing Feast of Tabernacles. Verse 5, the rest of the dead, that's people that didn't do the transition this time. We were in the transition festival yesterday, and it ceased at sunset. Now we came, we transitioned. We transitioned over to, into the Judgment Day Festival, right? But a lot of people have not, throughout 6,000 years of history, they have not made the transition. And God willing, most of you will make that transition. 
complete by being faithful, as one of the young ladies saying, faithful to the last breath, faithful to the end, faithful to crossing your finish line, whenever that is. All right? So, and they lived not again until the thousand years were finished. Now, I hope you all realize this is a biblical definition of the word dead. Many people, in fact, something like two billion people will give you a de definition for dead as being separated from God, right? But when you drive down the roads in Texas and you see an armadillo upside down, you know something about him. He is not living. He's a dead armadillo. That's what they do when they're dead. So this definition says the rest of the dead, now, what happened to the first batch of dead people? Well, they were resurrected in the first resurrection. They were, they were the in Christ people, the people who had made the transition in the last 2,000 years, and they died, and they went into the grave, and they've been safe and resting in peace, as they used to say at funerals, may he rest in peace. Doesn't apply anymore, does it? Doesn't work anymore. Why? Because... Nowadays, the teaching is die, and if you die of a heart attack, like if I died right now, let's hope that doesn't happen, right? If I died right now, on the way down to the floor, they would say, I would go to hell. <laughs> I'm sorry. But anyhow, the idea is, the idea is, the idea is, is on the way down to the floor, before your head hits the floor, and you're dead, Right? You either go to one or two places and you live for all eternity in one of two places. That's the plan. Not so. The boss says, this is what the boss says, the rest of the dead did not live again. They did not live again. So they're not in hell and they're not in heaven. They did not live again until the thousand years were finished. In John 5 verse 28, John 5 verse 28, Jesus speaks. If you ever have a question about something in the Bible, please, please, please go first and foremost to what Jesus said. In red letter Bibles, it's right there in red for you. John 5, 28, all, the, all in the graves will hear his voice. Jesus speaking, do not marvel at this. The hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice. So where are they? Oh, 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 wait, wait, it's possible, it's possible. It's possible that some are in the graves and some are in hell and some are, oh, that doesn't fly, does it? No, Jesus said they're in the graves. So all that are in the graves will hear his voice, verse 29. Those who have and come forth, they're going to come out of the graves. Those who have done good. Well, that's a pretty simple definition, isn't it? If you, those who did good. By, by what standard? By the words. By the words in the Bible, in the 66-book Bible. Right? Those who have done good to the resurrection of life. What's missing from that? Does it just mean life? It means everlasting life. It means eternal life. It means immortal life. It means spirit being body life, right? And those who have done evil, and that, that should be translated hurtful, because you're not going to look over your garden fence and look at your neighbor and say, evil person, right? And so you go, well, they're not evil, so where are they on this scale of things? Well, hurtful. Right? Those who have done hurtful things. Anybody here done hurtful things? Anybody? A couple of honest people. Good. Right? We've we got to quit that doing hurtful stuff. Right? But most of us, hopefully, are not practicing evil stuff, hurtful stuff. We're trying to quit that and get away from that. Okay, done evil with the resurrection of condemnation is what you're reading. Judgment. It's the same word. Judgment to the condemnation of Judgment. Okay, and we're talking about Judgment Day today. So, Ezekiel 37, verse 5. This is some of the rest of the dead. And says to the Lord, God, to those bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. So what kind of, if you have a body that's got breath, that's us, isn't it? We all got breath. Right? I hope we do. Everybody looks like they're vertical. Right? So we've got breath. So these people are coming out of the grave and they're coming up to breathing human bodies to get a chance to go through the transition process. Ezekiel 37 verse 11. 
Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. I've had somebody say, this is not the second resurrection. This is not, this is not judgment day. This is not what, 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 whatever, right? And, and this is only the Israelites, right? Well, in a little bit, we'll see that Jesus said Israelites plus a whole bunch of Gentiles as well. Verse 12, therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, oh, oh, my people, oh, my people. Jesus, in another place on his way to dying on the stake, he said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often would I have gathered your children as a chicken, as a, as a hen gathers a chicken for safety and protection? But you weren't willing. You didn't want it. You didn't want to do the transition thing, so you had to suffer the consequences. Oh, my people, I will open your graves. Now, you know, Ezekiel 37 was a message to living Israelites at the time of Ezekiel, and it's been a message to all of us now for, yea, these many thousand years, right? And, and he's saying, my people, I am going to open your graves, like you said earlier, and cause you to come up out of your graves, and I will bring you to the land of Israel, the promised land. Now, this is different from, and you don't hear, <coughs> you don't hear Judgment Day preached much on the radio. You all know why, right? It doesn't make any sense. God, you've got to rewrite this stuff. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense because on the way down to hitting the pavement with your head, you went to hell. And that's where you're supposed to stay. And hauling you back out of hell into air conditioning to have the judge go guilty and send you back to hell just doesn't make any sense at all. That's crazy, you know. And they go, what do you believe? <laughs> you know, well, what do you believe? <laughs> all right, come on, come on, you know. <clears throat> okay, so he says into the land of Israel, the promised land. So he's going to take these resurrected Israelites and he's going to put them back into the land of Israel. What's going to happen then? Verse 14. I, this is Jesus speaking, God of the Old Testament, I will put my spirit in you. Now, if he was just going to, I wish I had a gavel, I didn't bring a gavel, too much to carry. <laughs> if I had a gavel, you know, the old picture is, the judge is, is up here behind the, behind the, you know, thing. And he said, yo, all your sins on the screen. Okay, we don't have time for that. Guilty, go. Right, that's, that's the picture of Judgment Day, right? Here we have Second Resurrection Judgment Day. And he says, I'm going to take you, my, all my people, I'm going to take you to the promised land. And I'm going to put my spirit in you. Why? Why? so they can begin the transition process to becoming in Christ, to eventually having an immortal body, to eventually living for all eternity in conditions kind of like we've had here today, this week, right? Now, you know, we all had physical bodies and we had to crank them out of bed and we had to take them over to the mirror and clean them up and do all that stuff, whatever we do in front of the mirror, right? <laughs> we had to do that, but but, but we have been rejoicing spiritually and physically because of what God is doing, and this is part of what God is doing. I'll put my spirit in you and you will live, and I will place you in your own land. You know, wherever you ended up when you died, if you died in Egypt, if you died wherever you died, if you died in Australia, I don't know how that would happen, but if you died in Australia, you're coming back to the promised land, and you will know, you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord, and that's Jesus, the Messiah. They're going to know Jesus. They're going to meet Jesus. It's like, you know, we, we hear people say, oh, he's, he went to meet Jesus, right? All these billions of people coming out of the grave, you know, their bones connected to their dry bones and all that stuff, right? And they come out of the grave and they meet Jesus on day one, day one. They've got 100 years to run, but they meet Jesus on day one, right? And, and he says, yo, pay attention, I, Jesus, am the one who just brought your bones out of the grave. And I put sinew on you and I put breath in you. And how are you feeling today? You're feeling pretty good? Yeah, okay. Hey, 
And, and yeah, I don't believe for a minute that anybody is going to come up with their arthritis or they're going to come up with their, you know, whatever, all their aches and pains. They're coming up like Adam. They'll know who they were. They'll have this, their old spirit in man inside of them. They'll know who they are and they'll go, whoo. They, th they think they have spirit being bodies. They won't, right? But it'll be a really good body compared to what they used to, used to have. They traded in for a good one. Okay, <clears throat> Jesus has very clear teaching that others will be with Israel in this second resurrection. Matthew 10, 15. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day, the day of judgment, judgment day, than for that city, one of those Israelite cities. Eleven twenty-two. I say to you, be more tolerable for Sire, Tyre and Sidon in the judgment, in the day of judgment, than for you, judgment day. Matthew eleven twenty-one. Woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented. Nineveh repented. Right? If mighty works were done, and, and we're not seeing mighty works yet, but they're going to happen. In, in the last three and a half years before the seventh trumpet, mighty works are going to be done by the two witnesses, and people will divide into two camps. They will say, I hate those two witnesses. They're killers. They are murderers. They are they're terrorists. That's what they are. They're from outer space and they're terrorists. Because every time we try to kill them, <laughs> oops, the person trying to kill them dies. They are terrorists of the worst kind. right? And they preach out of the Bible and we hate the Bible. We don't want the Bible. We don't want to hear anything about the Bible. right? And, and so they'll be hated of all nations. They'll lie three and a half days in, in the streets of Jerusalem. Then they'll stand on their feet. <laughs> Is that funny? That's funny, isn't it? It's funny for everybody watching it on global TV. It's like uh, <clears throat> the way I heard it, I wasn't there. promise you I wasn't there. But in uh, World War II when Mussolini died, apparently they left his dead body. I think he was hanging or something. And they, they just left him hang for a couple of days. And it was like, yeah, that's, how you, that's what you deserve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'll have the three, two witnesses. Whoops, three witnesses, see? It started already. We should probably have a dozen or so witnesses within a year or two. Right? But the two witnesses will be lying in the streets of Jerusalem. And do you suppose the global TV cameras will be cranking you know, nonstop? And the budding young reporters, even, even Barbara Walters, is she still with us? Is she, she's still going? Anyhow, Barbara, she's going to want to be there if she can. Right? Anyhow, the budding young reporters, they're going to be going, you know, microphone in hand. Yes, and these two wicked, wicked, nasty Bible-preaching people, they're, they're down here, and oh, look at the flies and their nose and stuff, and, 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 they, and it'll be like, cameraman, get a close-up of me, me and the dead body. Yeah, and, and then the dead body's going to go, you know, sit straight up, stand up on the feet, two dead bodies standing up on their feet. Uh-oh, quick, get a close-up. <laughs> and then they rise. They rise, come up here. Yes, sir, Lord, sure will, right? And then you suppose they'll rise real fast? Or you think they'll rise just nice and slow? How did Jesus rise? Slow, slow. Read, go read Acts 1. He rose slowly, and they're all going. And after a while, the two angels appear, and they go, Hey, what are you doing? Standing here looking up there. Get on with it. You've got work to do. Right? So, it, you know, it's going to be a fabulous, funny. They, they do lots of jokes and tricks up there. They're not playing tricks with us, by the way. Although, you know, if you do something crazy, they just might. I don't know. Okay, says uh, Matthew eleven twenty three, You Capernaum, who exalted the heaven, you'll be brought down to the Hades. If the mighty works were done in you, then had been done in Sodom, Sodom would have remained till today. Sodom would have repented. Sodom and Gomorrah would have repented if the mighty works had been done there. So these people from uh, Noah's time, from, <coughs> let's see, Jonah's time, Jonah and the whale, uh, you know, for all these different times throughout history, they're all there with the Israelites from 2,000 years ago. They're all there with everybody else from the last 2,000 years, and they're going, you <laughs> stiff-necked Israelite. 
How come you, you saw the miracles and you saw Jesus face to face and you rejected him? Are you people crazy? You know, you stiff-necked Israelite people. Anyhow, <clears throat> Matthew 11, 24, he said, I say to you, be more tolerable in the land of Sodom in the day of judgment, judgment day, than for you. So we get, a, we, we get lots of information about judgment day. Jude 1, 15, God is coming to execute judgment on all to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way and all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. All right, little test of truth here. How many of you did God do this to you? He did, didn't he? Thank you. I got, we, me, and, me and him might be the two witnesses, you know. Watch out. Right? <coughs> okay, let me read it again and see if I can get a few more hands here. Okay. Um, judge, to convict all. Anybody here get convicted in the last? Okay, okay. It's, it's, it's growing. Yeah, it's coming. Right. To convict all who are ungodly among them of their ungodly deeds. Okay, anybody, any, more, any more being convicted of your ungodly deeds? Okay, how many of you have been baptized? That's what I'm looking for. Okay, okay. So God did this with us back then. Right? We began our transition into immortality back then. Isaiah 65, verse 17. Behold, I create new heavens and new earth. The former shall not be remembered and come to mind. Now, <clears throat> when the second resurrection happens and judgment day happens and all these people come out of the grave... Is it going to be a horrible world like at the end of Battle of Armageddon? Or is it going to be a gorgeous habitation for mankind? We, folks, are going to be working for 1,000 years to prepare for, some say, 16 billion people to come out of the grave. But that's not all. But that's not all. Because humans will live over into the 1,000 year period. And how many of you think those people will be having babies? Anybody here? Anybody think? Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, 1,000 years worth of new babies. Is that going to be a bunch? That's going to be a bunch, isn't it? Right? I can talk like Dale sometimes. Right? Okay, there's going to be a bunch of people. And, and <clears throat> so, all of these people need wonderful habitations. And, and a garden and tomatoes and corn and stuff growing and some animals and a milk cow and you know they need to be plugged into the system right away you're gonna have a riot on your hand right these people need to get happy in a hurry so they're gonna come back to a fabulous world that we will help Jesus put together Isaiah 65 verse 18 God says Jesus speaking be glad and rejoice forever in what I create and, and I hope you're spiritual rejoicing here. And, and I want to thank you all because I saw a lot of young people rejoicing physically. Right? Who knows? Some of them might have been beginning to rejoice spiritually. That would be wonderful. Right? But you helped your young people rejoice physically. You rejoice physically. You rejoice spiritually. Like I said, I give you A plus, 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 plus. Okay. Which is similar to... Right? <laughs> okay. But here is God speaking in Isaiah 65, 18. Be glad and rejoice forever. Whew, that's going to wear you out, isn't it? Good thing you'll have a spirit being body. Because you won't get worn out, right? Because you'll be strong in spirit. All right, Isaiah 65, verse 19. I, Jesus and the Father, will rejoice in Jerusalem. We're not doing it now. Jerusalem's a mess, right? And joy in my people, my transition people. Not only, not only the Israelites that have come back from captivity, but my transition people. I will rejoice in my people. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her, or the voice of crying. And, and when I read that this morning, I thought of the, the Kenya mall with the guy, guy outside crying over one of his loved ones being shot to death going to the mall by groceries. You know, we live in a horrid world. And, and, you know, we've got to have a British stiff upper lip. And hopefully some of you still remember what that is. But you get up and you keep going. What else are you going to do? You keep going. You, put, you, you do the best you can with what you got wherever you are. 
And, and, but, but it's a sad, sad world. It just really is. We have to be honest. And if anybody says, you know, where you been? Ah, the rejoicing feast. Everything is wonderful. It's wonderful. Everything is wonderful. It's like, they're going to go, yeah. I thought those people were a cult, and they are nuts, because everything is not wonderful. Everything is going down the tubes, right? Okay, verse 20. Ah, notice, notice the transition here. <clears throat> verse 18, be glad and rejoice. Verse 19, I will rejoice in Jerusalem, my people. Verse 20, no mortal in infant days live for a few days, or an old man who has not fulfilled his days, for a child will die a hundred years old. Wait a minute. How did this get sandwiched into this good stuff? What, what is this doing in here? Who put this in here? Somebody messing with my Bible? Okay, <clears throat> let's read it slow. No more shall an infant from there live but a few days. Has that happened throughout man's history? We have had a lot of babies die way too early. And he says, ain't going to happen no more. I'm going to stop it. All of us are going to be part of stopping that. Right? Nor an old man who has not fulfilled his days. For... And I'm going to give you what I think is a better translation here. For the child shall die a hundred years older. It says a hundred years, but they're obviously not a child anymore. If they're a hundred years old, they're not a child, right? I'm going, to, I'm going to suggest that the child who was resurrected as a child will be 100 years older because the 100-year period will run out, right? But the sinner being 100 years older older will be accursed. So if you came back at 35, 135. If you came back at 100, 200. Right? And healthy. Healthy, don't you? Wouldn't that be great? A 200-year-old man who, who won't be hobbling along on a cane. you know, Because you don't see much of that anymore, do you? But anyhow, verse 21. Okay, what are the, what, okay. we got these people from someplace. Second resurrection, right? And, and they get a span of time. It says 100 years, right? In verse 21, they shall build houses. Takes a while to build a house, doesn't it? So this, this judge thing, where's my gavel? This judge thing of, get them up here. Guilty, send them back to where they came from, you know? And a lot of people think that you get hauled out of, out of heaven, too. So that, well, that makes a lot of sense, right? You've been up there playing harp music and sitting at the feet of Jesus and smiling and riding on clouds and, and it's judgment day. So haul them back out of heaven. All right, here's the judge. All right, let's see. Mm, off to heaven with you and put you back. It's like, wait a minute. This doesn't, doesn't make the scriptures come together and fit together the way they're supposed to. All right, so we've had... The happy, happy, happy part there, Jesus says, rejoice in, in what I'm going to do and what I'm going to create. Then we've got the hundred year period. Then they're going to build houses and inhabit them and they will plant vineyards. Now that's going to take a little bit of time. How long before your grapes are ready to eat off your vineyard? Anybody know? Five years. Five years. Right? That works. Okay, and they were going to eat their fruit. So they're going to hang around for at least five years. So this gavel thing of judgment, quick, you're out of here. No, that's not what God has in mind. He has a different plan in mind. Isaiah 65, verse 22. They shall not build and somebody else live in their house. That has happened a lot of times throughout history. They shall not plant and somebody else eat out of their garden because they killed you and they burned your house to the ground and they plundered your garden and they ate what you were cooking, you know, putting together. For the, as the days of a tree, how many, how many years do you think a days of a tree would, might be? Anybody? Hundred, there you go. Tree, I mean trees, trees get after it, don't they? Woo, we got sweet gums down in Texas. Anybody wants our sweet gums, you just come to our place, we give you all we got. We, and then we'll, no we won't, we won't grow anymore, that's it, you can take what we got. All right, so... The bones, the Ezekiel 37 dry bones, they're going to live well. That's not judgment day the way people have been taught and trained. Isaiah 65, 24, and it'll come to pass that before they call, I, Jesus, God of, you know, God the Father and Jesus working together, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. Jesus is eager. He wants people to transition. He wants them to get into this program. 
and and you know it's it's been stolen the whole program for the last 2000 years has been stolen and run off the tracks and kind of like what's happening up in the oval office these days it's been taken someplace else it's not what it used to be all right we're going to look at um Revelation 20, verse 11 and 12. Somebody beeped. That wasn't me, was it? Okay. Revelation 11 and 12 of chapter 20. Okay, it says, I saw a great white throne, and him sat on from the face of the earth, had fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. 66 books of the Bible. Love letters from Jesus. Do you, ever, do you ever think of the 66 books of the Bible as love letters from Jesus? Because God is love, and these are letters from Jesus. And, and he wants you to fall in love with his 66 love letters so that you can fall in love with him. If you don't fall in love with his 66 love letters, you're not likely to fall in love with him. It's, I know, it's not the way it's taught anymore, but that's the way it is. Okay, I saw verse 12, and I saw the dead, great, and sent, and the books were open. Another book was opened, the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things that were written in the books, the books of life, the 66 books of life, according to their, I was going to say this is a dirty four-lettered word, but in this translation it's a five-lettered word, so it's probably okay to say. Okay, judged according to their works, 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 that crazy Australian's up there talking to people and teaching people, they're going to be judged by their works. That's not how it works. Jesus does it all for you. And when you die, you gave your heart to Jesus, and so when you die, you go to heaven. That's it. And this must be a typographical error or something. I don't know who put this in the Bible, but, but it's right there, judged according to their works or their actions. Okay, now we look at uh, Revelation 20, verse 7, 8, and 9. And it says, when the thousand years were expired, Satan would be loosed from his prison. Ugh, boo, here comes Satan. Oh, why? And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, and gather them together to battle. Right? Now, this is not a war. Right? Even though the word battle is in your text there, this is not a war. Right? They gather to battle. The no I suppose this would be a good time for some bongo music. <laughs> but let's press on and see what happens. Um, okay, so he says, The four quarters, Gog and Magog, gather them together for the battle. And the number of who is the sand of the sea, and they went up on the breadth of the earth, and they compassed the camp of the saints about the, the new Jerusalem, the blessed city, the beloved city, and, and fire came down out of heaven from God and devoured them. You can't describe that as a battle. That was just, that's Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember how that worked? It was like fire down from heaven, gone, right? So that's not a battle. That is God finishing it, right? All right, we go down a few more verses to verses 14 and 15. It says, the, dead and, the death, death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, okay? And earlier he said that, that those who have made the transition into first resurrection, they never have to worry about the second death they're never going to die again. They just will be forever alive. And here he says, this is the second death. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So the transition is to get yourself written in the book of life. That's, that's what it's all about. And we're going to look in uh, Revelation 21, verse 7. My son, let's see, in verse 20, let's see, 7, verse 7. But he, he that overcomes shall inherit all things, and he will be, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son or daughter. Right? Okay. So, in the very simplest terms, to make the transition, you just got to overcome. You've got to overcome using the sixty-six love letter book, and you dip in there, or you know, you you look in there like the mirror. You look into the Bible like a mirror, and you see what's going on in the Bible. And you look at the mirror yourself and you see what's going on with you and you go, hmm, okay, got, got to tune up a few things here, got to make a few things straight. But in simple terms, he that overcomes according to God's way, God's teaching, God's love letters. Now, verse 8, but the fearful, the unbelieving, and the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, 
The sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire, which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That is finality. That's the end of the hundred-year period. That is it. And, and so the transition thing is all about <coughs> the, the, in the long run, you all, you know, all human beings get an opportunity to be a in the first resurrection. We're here now, and we're transitioning. Thank you, God. This is fabulous. Right? A lot to rejoice about. Okay, B, you can transition from human being alive today into the millennium, and then you have a thousand years where there's only one church, the church of Jesus. There are not a, not, not a church on all four corners in the main part of town. Right? So that's the second. And the third one is, you end up dead, or a person is dead, or already died, and they come out of the grave at the second resurrection judgment day, and they have a hundred years to transition and to overcome and be with God for all eternity. Or that other horrible possibility, being dead forever. And, and I, I go back and forth on this. I go, I go, surely nobody is so thick that they will choose eternal death. But the way the book is written, and anybody met anybody who's kind of thick? They, yeah, yeah. I've met some thick people. And they're sick, but they're thick too. They're, they're dense. They're dense um, in the way they think and the way they do things. And, and you know, um, if <coughs> I, I personally, if I don't know if it's going to work this way or not, but, but you know, when, when we're on the other side and we're, we're talking with Jesus about second resurrection, who's coming up, you know, I'm, if, if you can put in to get somebody, I'm going to put in for Hitler. Right? No, no. He, okay, he did some bad stuff. Right? Lots of other people done some bad stuff. We've done some bad stuff. Right? But I'm going to put in for Hitler because, you know, I like a challenge and, and you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be sweet and kind. I'm going to learn from Dale Murphy. I'm going to be sweet and kind and gentle. And, I, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be there in Hitler's life lots and lots and lots, saying, look, you don't want to go. You don't want to go to second death. You don't want to go there. I mean, look at all the good stuff. Look at this. Look at this. Look. You know, but, but, you know, we're going to have to be working, not whipping them, but working with them and helping them see how fabulous this plan is. Right now, your neighbors, if you told your neighbors even a tiny, tiny little bit of this plan, they would go, how can you be right? And these billions of Jesus-worshipping people be wrong. How can, so they're right and you're wrong. And you go, but, but let me show you in the Bible. Pfft, doesn't matter what the Bible says. See, that's where we've come. That is where we have come. We've come to We've got traditional Christianity, and we don't need line upon line, put it together, put it together, put it together. We don't need that because we're going to heaven when we die. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of surprised people in the second resurrection. It's like, if, if I have anything to do with it, uh, they won't be wearing shoes. They'll have, they'll have bare feet, and they'll be standing in sandy soil, and, and they'll feel the the sand up between their toes. They go, I have felt this before. When I was on the beach, or when I was an Arab in the sand, in the, in the desert, or I know what's... This is not heaven. They don't have sand in heaven. They have gold to walk on in heaven. This is not heaven. What am I doing here? Excuse me, excuse me, who's in charge? I need to talk to somebody in charge here. There's been a mistake, a computer error of some sort. I am not supposed to be here. You know, but, you know, they'll settle down. They'll get with it. 2 Corinthians 5.10. But we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body. What you did while you had the first body, right? According to what was done, whether good or bad. And if we overcome, we will be doing good. We're, we're putting away, practicing hurtful things, and we're striving to do the best we can, do godly good things. Or they'll be, you know, They'll be receiving things that they did that was bad. Second Peter 2.9. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. And that's what he's doing now for the next 365 days. 
the Lord is busy wanting to help you know, deliver us out of temptations. Now I can tell from your faces, none of you have any more temptations because you got it made. Anybody here been tempted in the last or two weeks? Anybody? Okay, see, see. Now, so this, is, this has been good here, rejoicing. But once you get out there and back into the old ways, there's going to be temptations, but God knows how to deliver you out of those temptations. And also to reserve the unjust <coughs> under punishment for the day of judgment, judgment day. So even, you know, even now, as we progress through time, there's, there's two choices. There's two choices for all of us here. Stay faithful and be in the first resurrection, right? Or be baptized into God's truth and, and make the transition and go into God's first resurrection. And I believe there's going to be a lot of people as a result of the preaching of the two witnesses that will be in the first resurrection. We have not seen the finish, the final chapter yet. There's going to be a lot of people coming on and we get an opportunity to teach some of those people. That's going to be exciting. Okay. And to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. Now, in 1 Corinthians 11.29, says, <coughs> for this is, this is the Passover, right? He's, he's talking about the Corinthians who had their Passover. Paul was off somewhere else, not nearby, but, but not there. And some were getting drunk at the Passover. And some were taking it calmly and casually, and it wasn't all that important to them. And he said, he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner. Okay, that, um, let's see if I can remember that. Uh, anybody remember what, what the Greek is behind unworthy? No? Okay. See, I forget more than I learn. It's, I need a lot of help. Holy Spirit, help me remember stuff. Okay, um, it, it, it means irreverent. That's what it means. Thank you. It means irreverent, right? Now, when you read unworthy, and I, we've had lots of people come up to us and say, well, I just don't feel worthy to take the Passover. Bing, join the rest of us. You don't have to feel worthy to take it, but you must not take it in an irreverent way. Of course, if you take the Passover in an irreverent manner, right, he who does that in an irreverent manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. So, this is church members in Corinth. They've been baptized into God's truth. They've been taught by Paul the Apostle, right? And they're messing up at Passover. He says, if you're taking it in an irreverent manner, you are eating and drinking judgment upon yourself. Right here, right now, in this life, is what he was saying to them 2,000 years ago. Verse 30, for this reason, many are weak or feeble and sick, among you, and many sleep or are dead. If you study Paul's Greek word for all of Corinthians, he uses it several times. In all the other references, it's dead people. Right? And, and the translators gave us many sleep, and we could go, well, that, you know, that could mean this or that or the other thing. Okay, verse 31. For if we would, oh, 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 here comes the big one. Drum roll, please. Uh, bongos, somebody, anything. All right. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. All right, here comes the big one. 1 Corinthians 11:31. Paul says to these folks, if we, church members, God's people, true believers, would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. That was easy. <laughs> you just got to know how to operate this, this technical stuff. Okay. So what, what did we just read? Is this scripture? If we would judge ourselves, nobody else has to judge us. Oh, that can't be right. How, how's that going to work? That, oh, no, no, that ruins the whole picture. No, hey, it's here, it's here. But Jesus says it too. John 5, 24. Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word, pays close attention to what I have been saying, and believes, that is, trusts in my words. A lot of people believe in a Jesus, but they don't trust what he said. little fine dividing line there. They go, oh, you know, I mean, Muslims believe there was a Jesus. Historians believe there was a Jesus. They don't believe what he said, but they believe there was a Jesus, right? So he says... 
If he hears, pays close attention to my word, and believes, trust in him, the Father who sent me, and my words, and the words that I brought from the Father, has, has, present tense, everlasting life, got to continue to keep it, and will not come into judgment. Not come into judgment. Will not be judged, just like Paul said. But has passed from death to life. Ooh, that is fantastic. John 12, 48. He who rejects me and does not receive my words, doesn't trust my words, doesn't believe my words, doesn't, doesn't trust, doesn't take my words. If you don't want to take all 66 books as a love letter from Jesus, because I know some of you put yourself to sleep reading Deuteronomy, and he begat, and he, oh, that's Leviticus, isn't it? Yeah. Numbers, numbers. And he begat, and then he begat, and then he begat. Yeah. Good night's sleep after that. All right. So, does not receive my words, has that which judges him. What's that going to be? The words that I have spoken will judge him. So, if we judge ourselves in our transition period, if we are judging ourselves, if we are, hence the mirrors, if we go, you know, okay, here's the word of God, here's me. Actually, Earlier, I decided I would read the Bible using a mirror. <laughs> Anybody tried that? I'd do better if it was Chinese. But you can read your Bible with two mirrors. You can. I tried it. What you do is, is you look this away towards your Bible, and everything's backwards. It's okay for Australians, but it doesn't work for the rest of you. Right? But you put in a second mirror, and it reverses the image back to the way it was. And now you can read one mirror, two mirrors, Bible. Ah, everything is normal. And you go, what on earth would you want to do that for? Are you nuts? We don't have to use a bio, uh, uh, two mirrors to read our Bible. We can just read our Bible. Okay, if, if all Bibles were written on silver mirrored surfaces, you could read a couple of verses, like, like here in John 5.24. You could read, you're looking at this mirror image, so you're seeing yourself, right? And there's the words of the Bible written on the mirrored image. And so you go, he who hears my word. And you're looking at your face. And you're tempted to go, hey, you, are you, are you doing that? Are you hearing his word? But see, without the mirrors, you just go, I'm going to read the whole Bible in a year. Boy, I got through five chapters this morning. What would you read this morning? I don't know. It wasn't that begat, begat, begat part. It was something else. You don't digest it. You don't get it going in there. Okay. So he says, what is going to judge people in the judgment day? Are the words in the book. That's why they open the books, the 66 books of the Bible. They open it so they could learn. You know, if they're not going to learn judgment by themselves, they're going to need somebody to judge them. Jesus, the great judge, will judge them if they don't learn to judge by themselves. Revelation 20, verse 12. I saw the dead, great and small, standing before. We read this before. Okay, and they were judged according to their works, the things that were done by the things written in the books, written by the, the love letters. Right? And so, this, this is why, uh, if there's a billionaire out there, I won't ask for a show of hands, but if there's a billionaire out there, billionaire out there please consider getting some Bible translations on silver paper, and, and so people can see their face. Ah, you know. oh, it'd be distracting, wouldn't it? Hmm. Oh, oh I, I need to make up here. Yeah. Okay, bad idea. But anyhow, I thought hopefully... Hopefully you're, you're getting the drift of things here. All right, so in James 1.22, James borrows from my sermon today. Oh, wait, that's not right. Okay, so I'm borrowing from James. All right, verse 22. The doers of the word, and be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. If, if you hear the word, if you listen to the word, if you agree with the word, but you're not doing the word, you don't have actions and deeds according to the word, we're deceiving ourselves. Verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, 
Oh, no, you've got to have both. You've got to have, go all the way here. He is like a man observing himself, his natural face in a mirror, uh, which in those days would have been still water, right? Or polished surfaces. My wife went to Turkey and came back with some polished plates. You can see your face in the polished plates if it's polished enough, right? So they, you know, they knew what mirrors were. They knew what reflections were. For he observes himself and he goes away and immediately forgets what it was that uh, what kind of man he was. I do that. I do that all the time. This morning I was in front of a mirror. No, I was not looking at myself. <laughs> the sink is immediately in front of the mirror, and I was doing sink stuff. Right? I do not like looking in the mirror. I'm sorry. I'm just not one of those people. Right? <clears throat> and I figured it out. I asked a couple of guys, and and we we got this average of like. Um, Oh, five to seven minutes a day for a guy. And I am under that. I'm under that. Because I don't shave in front of the mirror. So um, I comb my hair in front of the mirror for obvious reasons. Because I can't see what it looks like if I don't look in the mirror. Right? But it doesn't take me long to comb my hair. And when it's combed, it's combed. It's done. Right? Okay. Unless there's a tornado or something. Okay. Then I go back to the mirror. But, but I try not to look in the mirror too long. Right? Because it's scary. It's worse than Halloween for me. But... Okay, he observes himself and he goes away and he immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Okay, verse 25, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, the 66 love letters from Jesus, looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues, continues, i.e. he's overcoming, i.e. he's doing what the book says. He reads a little bit of the scripture and he reflects, he reads it and then he looks at himself spiritually and then he looks back at the Bible spiritually and, 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 you know, this is very much similar to what average person does. Are there any average people in here? Oh, well, I hope so. Okay, the average person, they look in the mirror and they start judging. They go, oh, boy, oh, I see, that needs fixing. That needs fixing and boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. So much needs fixing. Anyhow, but you see what needs fixing and then in most cases, you make an effort to fix it, right? So you're using the mirrors to judge, and that's what I'm suggesting we do here with Scripture, right? Continues in it, is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Amen, brother, because he will be in the first resurrection if he's faithful until death, right? So, so the point is, <coughs> you all, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm recommending you all get a mirror, right? Not two mirrors, forget the two mirrors thing, that ain't going to work. Right, just get a mirror, large or small, doesn't matter, and put it next to your Bible. Just once, please, just do it once, right? And when you go, ah, I'm going to read the Bible here, I'm going to open the Bible. Yep, there it is, right there. Oh, there's a mirror. Ah, yeah, crazy Australian. Okay, mirror, 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 okay. Mirror what's written and what's happening inside of me and look inside of me with my spiritual mirror and see what's not working well. And uh, do we have anything that's not, I have stuff that's not working well. Anybody else? Okay, okay, okay. So I haven't lost you and you haven't lost me yet. I don't think, but we haven't lost the bongo gum, drums either. That's all right here. I gotta be careful not to kick them with my foot. Okay, so, the, the point is, <coughs> we need to read slow enough. We need to read in mirror fashion the Bible. Instead of going, well, I know all there is to know about the Bible, and I can judge you. <laughs> it's much more fun judging other people, isn't it? Isn't that more fun? Doesn't that, he shouldn't be doing that, she shouldn't be doing that. Ah, look at that, you know. Instead of, that, uh Maybe we should all be wearing mirrors down here like this. Oops, sorry. Okay, and, uh, <laughs> and when we start judging somebody, oh, okay, no more judging. Uh, all right, I'll do a little judging in the Bible. Okay, so the next 360 days, best thing we can be doing is judging ourselves and our works because we want to be in the first resurrection. And if we don't do this judging ourselves using the Bible as a mirror, 
then we could falter and fail because there's tremendous temptations coming. Tremendous. Like, like worse than anything you've ever had. Because Satan gets in the mix here. And all the people around you get in the mix and they're all going, why don't you accept the Jesus that's sitting in the temple right now? And why are you waiting for the, somebody to come down in the clouds on a white horse? Don't wait. Get into the Jesus program here and now. Matthew 24, he goes, he belabors the point, there will be a, an acceptable, false Jesus Christ sitting in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God, and the vast masses will believe that he is God. And we won't, God willing, and, and they will hate us for being so stupid, right, and not getting with the program. 1 Corinthians 13, 11, 32. But when we are judged, we are chastened. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He went to Medellin, just right there. You know? said, but when we are judged, this comes from Paul who said, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. We don't need to be judged. But if we don't judge ourselves, verse 32, but when we are judged, because... A lot of the Corinthian people weren't doing so well, <laughs> and they weren't judging themselves, and so he's bringing up the, the rest of this. When we're judged, we're chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned, judged, with the world on judgment day. Hebrews 11, 12, uh, let's see, 11, 6. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son that he receives. If he loves us, he chastens us. We need to be tuned into, am I being chastened? Maybe I'm being chastened by Jesus. If I am, I want to know about it. I want to hear about it. I want to act on it. Verse 7, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? And, and you know, I was going to tell you all about the woodshed. We didn't have a woodshed back in Australia. But... You all have woodsheds over here, at least back in the old days, you all had woodshed. How many of you went to the woodshed with your parents? One person, two persons, okay. All right. So the rest, oh, three persons, okay. A few of you went to the woodshed with your parents, right? For chastening, for getting you straight back on a narrow path. Hebrews 12, 12. Therefore, strengthen the hands that hang down. How? By the mirror Bible work. By... Don't just read casually through your Bible. Ask your Bible to mirror back to you what needs to be changed. That's the work of overcoming, right? And the feeble knees, verse 13, and make straight paths for your feet, walk Bible pathways, so that uh, the lame may not be dislocated and rather be healed, right? And God wants us to be healing ourselves, in which case we're judging ourselves, in which case we don't need to be judged. And that's the easy button. That's the, we, got, we got two choices. All of us have two choices. We can judge ourselves by the Bible with God's help and Holy Spirit and the Father and Jesus all pitching in, helping us get this thing straight. Or we can be neglectful and we can go, we, go, we can mess up and not be judging ourselves, in which case... Because he loves us so much, he's going to chasten us. Another subject. Take a long time to go into that, but think about it. He will chasten us because he doesn't want us to end up in Judgment Day, Second Resurrection. Hebrews 12, 14. Pursue peace with all people. That's a great goal right there. And holiness, i.e. walking according to the Bible, overcoming, without which no one will see the Lord, i.e. in the first resurrection. Now in Galatians 5.21, long list comes up and then we have this tail end of the list, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, that those who practice any church members in Galatia, any church members alive today or whoever throughout thousands of years, Anyone who practiced the things in the list, notice the first one there is envy. If you practice envy, you're in trouble, need to fix it. Who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's a lousy message. It's in the book. And it's a caution. And it's something we all need to take home with us and put a little mirror next to our Bible at least once and remind ourselves that we've got work to do. 
If, if we want the easy button judging system, we must be Johnny on the spot or Joni on the spot for the ladies and judging ourselves by the book in mirror fashion, not just, oh, I'm good at that. Oh, I'm good at that. Yeah, I'm good at that. How about the things you're not good at? That's what he's talking about. Luke 12, 43. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing. Mirror Bible work when he comes. Luke 12, 44. Truly I say he will make him ruler over all he has. Verse 45. But if that servant, okay, in Matthew, this is Luke. Luke wasn't an eyewitness of this, but he gathers his information from the others. Matthew was an eyewitness. Matthew 24, 48 says that evil servant. So, but if that evil servant, if that hurtful servant says in his heart, my Lord Elijah is coming and begins to beat the male and female servants. You can beat people emotionally. You can be hurtful to people by what you do and what you say. And to eat and drink with the drunks, the drunkards, right? Now, how about spiritually drunk? That would work too, wouldn't it? Luke 12, 46. The master of that servant, Jesus, will come on a day when he's not looking for him, an hour when he's not aware of him, and he will cut him in two, which doesn't mean what you think it means. <laughs> That's kind of gory, isn't it? That's even worse than Halloween. It, it doesn't, doesn't mean cut him in two. For Explain that to young people. It doesn't mean that. It, it, you can search the Greek, and I didn't take the time. I looked at it earlier. It, it has, has to do with, no, I can't even remember. Never mind. But, but look for it. It doesn't mean cut in two, because that's a terrible picture. And I'm going to leave that for another time. And appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. Okay, what is the portion for the unbelievers? Judgment day, second resurrection, right? So this is church members. He's saying, my servants have got to be careful not to end up in the second, in the second resurrection in judgment day, right? Now, you know, I'm not getting a lot of smiles, and this is not a rejoicing subject. I'm sorry. But the next 365 days, you got to steer the boat. you got to fly the plane solo, right? And, and I, I, if I ask how many of you want to be there on, on Resurrection Day, First Resurrection, beaming and smiling and beginning the thousand years kingdom of God on earth, with rejoicing and rejoicing, non-stop rejoicing, and no arthritis, and no pains and aches, and you know, all that stuff, and no pills to pop and stuff. You want to be there, right? And that's what I want, and that's what Jesus wants, and what the Father wants, but there's a caution. You've got to keep judging yourself, in which case, if you don't, Jesus is going to step in and chasten you. And most people go, I don't know what that was, but I'm getting on down the road. Right? We've got to be listening in close you know, attention to what Jesus is saying. So in Luke 12, 47, he says, That servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will will be beaten with many stripes. Who are we talking about? Who is this? This is Church of God members who didn't do their self-judging well, didn't pay attention to chastisement, ended up on the wrong side of the tracks. And, and if you beat a spirit being body with stripes, with, with you know, take them to the woodshed, that don't, that's nothing, right? So they're going to have second, like he said, the judgment day with the unbelievers. So we need to know this and be careful and plan our lives for the next 365 days accordingly. But he who did not know, people who don't know what the Lord, Lord's will is, yet committed things deserving of stripes, will be beaten with a few stripes. So, so you don't want to go there. You want to learn to judge yourself, use your mirror Bible work, and, and you know, Jesus goes, they are doing a fine job. I do not need to step in and chasten them. I certainly do not need to ship them off to the second resurrection. They are doing good. Keep doing good. Right? Romans 2, 3. <laughs> you who judge those practicing such things and do the same thing yourself, 
that, <coughs> that you will escape the judgment of God? Are you going to escape the judgment of God if you judge other people and you do it yourself? You're not going to escape the judgment of God. Verse 5, but in accordance with your, the hardness of your heart and your impenitent or unrepentant heart, you are treasuring up, storing up for yourself wrath against the day of judgment. Uh, wait a minute. Who's he writing to? This mine says here, Romans. Church members in Rome. You're treasuring up for yourself wrath against the day of wrath and the revelation of the righteous judgment of God. So, so <clears throat> folks, the Bible has lots of wonderful rejoicing stuff. And we did that for seven days and did it marvelously well. And now we're in the eighth day. We're in the judgment day. We're looking forward to people we love or have loved or want to love, distant relatives. We're looking forward to that. But, but we don't want to be where, there with them. We, we, we don't want to be there with them in the flesh. We don't want to have bones. Anybody want to have bones in the second resurrection? Not me. I want no bones. Right? I want to have spirit being body. So Paul says, judge yourselves and you will not be judged. Jesus says, those hearing and believing and trusting and doing the will of God will not come into judgment today, tomorrow, next week, all month long, for the rest of your life, if you are hearing and believing and judging yourselves. So great success comes from mirror Mirror judging yourself. We compare ourselves with his words. We change what needs changing. Then we will see Jesus. <laughs>